Latter-day Liberty Podcast, episode 21. Hello and welcome back to the Latter-day Liberty Podcast with your hosts, Matt Kent and Daryl Portsline. Um, you know, Daryl, I was going to just let it go and not say anything about it, but we probably should address the fact that we haven't been, I don't know, there's been nothing, like no episodes for, you know, I don't know, three and a half years, but we've been on hiatus. Here we are back again. Welcome back, Daryl. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. We took a break. Took um, a breaky break. But we missed it too much, so we're back. <laughs> so here we are. Uh, yeah, it's good for me, I think. Um, so in the, I don't know. We, there's been a ton of things that have happened since, uh, since we took this break. Um, the most recent thing I think we're in the middle of is the COVID-19 pandemic um, and all the lockdowns and fun stuff like that. So while that is interesting, that's been... Yeah, the- it's pretty tempting to talk about that, right? But <laughs> Yeah. But I think we're going to talk about something else. I, that may, may I come up. I don't know. We'll see. But, but uh, yeah, we'll try to avoid talking only about that. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Because it's been the only thing I've heard about for the last, I don't know, however many months. Um, yeah, I, I think avoiding it for now would be great. And uh, how about we go with, um, we, we, thought, we thought we'd talk about a little bit today about kings in the, well, just kings in general, right? Um, yeah, and not necessarily ki- just kings, but uh, leaders, I guess you could say. I, I, don't, I don't know if they're all technically kings. Um, yeah, no, you're right. We'll get, we'll get into it, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Just as I've been reading the Book of Mormon this year and highlighting things as I go, I've noticed, uh, you know, big contrast between righteous leaders and unrighteous leaders and how they uh, treat their people and, and uh, yeah, just how they conduct themselves. So I thought it'd be an interesting thing to talk about. Nice. And I agree. I think that I think it's it's pretty awesome. I, I come across um, scriptures all the time where I'm like, yeah, see, See, that's, yeah. So we thought we'd pull out, um, Daryl's got a few. And actually, do we, I don't know, maybe we should just have you start with yours and uh, start with one of them. And I've got a few um, examples as well. And and by the way, if anybody is listening to this, we, we didn't, we haven't, we haven't uh, talked about anything that we have planned or any of the scriptures that Daryl, I don't know what Daryl's even going to bring up. I've got some examples as well. So there'll probably be some overlap for sure. Um, but we just wanted to discuss a little bit. How about you start with your uh, your first scripture? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I kind of just have them in chronological order. I just have stuff from like Mosiah through end of Alma. Um, I'm sure there's a ton more, you know, that we could pull out. But um, yeah, we, we don't need to uh, <laughs> we don't need to beat it to death or find every single little passage. But um, so the Let's see. So the first one that I have is a positive example, I guess you could say, um, from uh, Mosiah 2. So um, this is King Benjamin. Um, and uh, Mosiah 2, there's there's a few different things that I've marked in here. I'll just kind of go through them. Um, so um, starting at verse 10, he talks about how uh, he doesn't want them to think um, – that he's anything more than just a, a normal, normal man. Um, so, so, you know, that, that's kind of in contrast to not necessarily um, just other leaders in the scriptures, but just um, 
you know, you know, the whole like divine right of Kings thing that, that we learn about in history. Um, uh, you know, just the, you know, Pharaohs were supposed to be, you know, kind of like gods, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, righteous leaders, uh, obviously, uh, are a little more humble than that. Um, and he points out in verse 11, I'm like, as yourselves, subject to all manner of infirmities in body and mind. So again, kind of saying like, I'm just like you guys, I have a lot of faults too. Um, and then it gets, gets a little more interesting um, for, for at least for this episode. Um, he starts talking about that uh, he hasn't sought gold, silver, or any manner of riches. And, and uh, verse 13, I'll read, neither have I suffered that you should be confined in dungeons, nor that you should place, uh, nor, nor that you should make slaves one of another, nor that you should murder or plunder or steal or commit adultery, nor have I suffered that you should commit any manner of wickedness. And I have taught you that you should keep the commandments of the Lord and all things which he, has, uh, which he has commanded you. And then start of 14, he says, even I myself have labored with mine own hands that I might serve you and that you should not be laden with taxes. So, um, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's huge for me. I think that, that, uh, he, um, was the reason he wanted to labor with his own hands to support himself was so that he didn't have to tax his people. He didn't, he didn't want to tax his people. Um, so that, uh, obviously as we get into some of the counter examples, uh, the the unrighteous leaders don't feel the same way about yeah. taxes. <laughs> <laughs> that that tends to change a little, right? Yeah. That view on taxation. Um, yeah. I, I really like that. Um, so first off, I, I did want to just jump in if I could with the the point yeah. that you make about um, you know him pointing out the fact that you know I'm I'm here I'm I'm a person too, right? Like and and he he also points out like he's he's getting old, he's getting up in age, and so he's. Um, like his body is, is deteriorating almost that type of thing. You know, he's, he's struggling as well. And, um, he's got infirmities in that. And, and one of the things that that brings to mind for me is just the idea. Um, I don't know that, uh, it was, it was kind of mind opening for me when, um, when somebody pointed out, you know, they're like, Hey, point to government. Like when you say government, you know, point to it, point to government. What, what is government? And, and what the point they were making was, you know, government is just, it's just a label we're putting on a group of individuals. Like there are, they're, they're people. And so I really liked that, you know, King Benjamin himself is just like, Hey, <laughs> I'm in the same boat as everybody else. So here I am a right. mortal guy. Yeah. 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 That's something that comes up with, you know, just as my wife and I chat a lot about this kind of stuff and um, something we, we always, you know, kind of joke about is that, um, you know, when, when you become a politician, you, you're not imbued with like, special physical mental powers that make somehow make you better, uh, than, than other people. Um, the, the, yeah, the, the people in our, in our governments are, are, are people just like the rest, the rest of us. And, uh, you know, if we're worried about, you know, people trying to take advantage of us, people doing bad things, people trying to, you know, steal from us, whatever it is, um, the, the same tendencies that we all have to do those unrighteous things, our leaders have those same tendencies and they also have been put in some, uh, you know, prestigious or, or, uh, powerful positions. And so, you know, those, those same things that can corrupt just a, an average Joe, you know, might maybe could corrupt a, a political leader even more. So, you know, if, if anything, we should, rather than maybe looking to 
political leaders to solve those kind of problems, maybe we should be a little more wary of the problems coming from them. <laughs> right. The problems they cause. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And of course, you know, as a as a political leader, your infirmities have a, a, a bigger potential to cause wider, you know, more widespread damage, right? As a as a a normal individual, you know, whatever, um, you know, you you might steal from one or two people, you know, you might you might be a, a serial stealer, and you might steal from lots of people, you know, maybe even hundreds of people. But politicians steal from millions of people, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, those same tendencies we have to do bad things when they're in the when they're in the hands of powerful people can be even scarier. So, um, you know, obviously, if we have if we have leaders like King Benjamin, we're probably going to do okay. But right. as as I think a lot of us would agree, we don't usually end up with leaders like King Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing how that works. No, but um, and and that's a really good. Um, I really like that point. Um, you know, did you? I don't know. What did you want to? Did you want to compare these, like a you know the righteous uh, people that we see um, that you're the righteous examples with the wicked examples in the Book of Mormon, or did you want to maybe apply those? Um, to, to current affairs as well at this time. I don't know. For me, I guess, because this, I mean, whenever I read these scriptures, it always, hey, I'm supposed to liken it to myself, right? So I, I tend to, to see in our current situation, our uh, political climate and that um, things that I, I feel like, you know, oh, yeah, see, this is, this is a problem. But one of those things is, um, you know, once they have that, that power, um, they tend to, you know, being just like us, and like you said, um, they they tend to want to. It's very. <laughs> they tend to have some greed as well, and and one one of the other aha moments that I had um, that somebody pointed out to me was just the fact that you know when they talk about decentral decentralizing um, authority and that um, a lot of the arguments that will come up, and I actually made these arguments as well, is um, you know, well, yeah, but like, what if you've got that? That guy that is just, you know, he's going to take over like his old, he's, he's going to, he's going to keep people under his, you know, under the thumb of his, his oppression by, you know, he's, he's the only one with bread or he's the only one with whatever. And it becomes, you end up with this, you know, this one person that's going to make, make havoc, cause havoc on people. And what's interesting is, is this person pointed out to me was that, you know, when you think along those lines, you're still, even if that's the case, which for sure, I'm, we're saying, you know, we're not saying that without a king, or, you know, if we were to decentralize authority that, you know, all the problems go away or that there's not greedy people, you know, there are and, and there's going to be issues. But the uh, but the effect that they have, like you're pointing out, you know, when you decentralize it, they might affect certain number of people, but it's going to be a much smaller number. It's going to be a much smaller scale than when politicians decide to do this. And, you know, everybody has to go along with it. You, you the the negative effects are much wider spread. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, uh, you know, I think that is one interesting thing that we have to, tr you know, translate from these scripture stories is the societies that we're talking about in these stories are definitely different than ours, right? They're, we're not talking about uh, millions and millions of people. We're talking more like tens of thousands, you know, in, in certain cases and whatnot. Um, but, you know, I think the principles are still the same. And, right. uh, 
you know, fundamentally probably not much different. Obviously, technology was different back then and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, I, I think some of the some of the, uh, I guess, you know, maybe reasoning for why maybe government has to be different today or or, you know, leaders have to act differently today. Uh, I think some people might think that that's well, it's because they're leading a lot more people or or, uh, you know, the types of problems or technology, the types of weapons we have today are, are different. But, um, you know, I think fundamentally, it really just comes down to people, right? And people haven't changed all that much <laughs> um, right. over over time, you know, we're, we're still very, obviously very fallible. And, um, but, but a lot of people try to do the right thing, too. So I think there's a lot that we can, you know, a lot of parallels we can draw for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think we should, we, we should compare it to modern times and, and to other scriptures. And I, yeah, I have no plan at all for okay. this. So I'm just, <laughs> well, how let's about, just, you how know, about I've you, got Ed? a couple more scriptures and you've got some and <laughs> let's just, yeah, let's just see where it goes. Sweet. So if you were to take that, take King Benjamin, um, I think, uh, what would, oh, I actually, let's just, let's just keep on the chronological order, I guess. Let's just do that. What, what's your next uh, example that you have? Yeah. Um, so I want to say that my next example is, King Noah. Um, That's a good contrast, and, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let me see if I can find. Um, I've got them all pulled up here. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, here, here's here's a chapter Mosiah chapter eleven. So um, yeah, not long after King Benjamin gave his speech, and then we get the counterexample uh, really quickly. So. We just talked about King Benjamin and how he labors with his own hands to support himself um, and uh, to not have to place taxes on his people. And then here is how things are going under the rule of King Noah. Uh, it says in uh, starting in uh, verse two, and I'll skip around a little bit, but um uh, he said, it says he, and he did cause his people to commit sin and do that, which was abominable in the sight of the Lord. So again, a contrast to King Benjamin who encouraged them to be, to be righteous, right? Uh, starting in verse three, and he laid a one fifth, uh, he laid a tax of one fifth part of all they possessed. So here, now we start hearing about taxes, um, and, uh, uh, you know, one fifth part of all they possessed. That's uh, not so different from the amount of taxes a lot of us pay today, honestly. Right. And, and it's probably more. And it, of course, depends depends a lot on <laughs> your individual situation and 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 how you you know how you do taxes and deductions and all that stuff. But uh, you know, sounds sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, and then uh, <laughs> and and all this he did take to support himself and his wives and his concubines and his priests and their wives and their concubines. So again, he's not support he's not laboring to support himself he's he's supporting himself off of, off the backs of the people um and it says and thus they were supported in their laziness and their idolatry and in their whoredoms by the taxes which king noah had put upon his people and thus did the people labor exceedingly to support iniquity that one really hits home for me honestly um that righteous potentially righteous people and i don't know you know it it doesn't necessarily say how many of these people that were under king noah were righteous per se but they certainly didn't all necessarily want to be supporting all of the things that their tax money was going toward but they didn't you know didn't really have a choice um or you know at least felt like they didn't without you know rebelling against their their king um and uh you know i i i think that my tax money goes to a lot of things that I think are 
iniquitous, right? I, I think uh, I think there are a lot of wars. There are a lot of, um, you know, you know these, you know, the CIA, the NSA, some of the things that these agencies do. I don't support any any of these things that they do. I think that they do some some really terrible things, and yet, uh, you know, I'm my tax money is going to that stuff, and I don't have a lot of. I don't have a lot of good options for preventing that from happening. So again, that likening that to me, that that scripture really hits home to me that uh, the people labored exceedingly to support iniquity. So every time I go to work and, and you know, work to support my family and, and, my, and myself, um, part of that money, I am laboring exceedingly, you know, to, cr- to create money or wealth that is going toward things that I find to be very, you know, iniquitous or unrighteous things. Yeah. So that's certainly frustrating to uh, to have some of your own labor going towards something that you detest in that way. Yeah, and that, and I um, one thing that I would point out as well is, uh, and this goes back to, I mean, we've talked about taxation in the past. Um, we'll most likely talk about it again because there's more points <laughs> that I'd love to make. But um, one of yeah. the things that um, that I would say first off. It, uh, it talks about, when it talks about, before it brings up the taxes, um, um, oh, shoot, well, actually, I think it's a different, uh, a different place in the scriptures, but it talks about it being grievous to be born, right? So the people that are doing it, first off, taxation in the first place is grievous to be born to those that are actually paying it. Um, yeah. But also what it supports on the other end, and this is something I do, I see in our day as well. As soon as you, you have that power to take just to take the money from the people, um, it actually promotes laziness and, you know, idolatry, all of this stuff. Um, that, and, I, and I don't think that that has changed at all either. I think that that's something that, um, that we need to keep in mind as far as once that power is possessed by somebody, what does it promote? What kind of behavior does it promote in them? And I think we're seeing that here in, in uh, King Noah and his priests. Yeah, and and I think the, I actually have that one up that you were referencing too. That's actually Mosiah seven. I skipped over it. Um, Mosiah seven is talking about the people of Zenith and how they were in bondage to the Lamanites, and they had a tax. Which and it mentions that it's it it was grievous to be born. Turns out I think that they were paying half of all of their stuff. It lists all the different things that they were that that the Lamanites were taking half of. Um, so again, you know, half versus one fifth, there's, you know, quite a bit of difference there. Um, but, uh, it turns out it's not unheard of for people today in, in this country to be paying up to half of, you know, maybe even more of their income in taxes. Right. So this is not, you know, neither one of those numbers is, is totally off base from what we experience today. And, uh, you know, certainly a tax of half of your possessions is grievous to be born. But again, even, even a small amount of money, um, if it's going towards something that you find to be immoral, that is, you know, um, not acceptable, you know, in my opinion, you know, that, that, you know, even, even if it's only, even if it's a small amount of my income, you know, uh, you know, I think I should, I would much rather put that toward, uh, towards something that I support, towards something that I find to be moral, you know. And of course, you know, different people are going to have a, a little bit different conception of what things they find to be moral versus immoral. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that those, uh, you know, religious or morality debates are fun to have too. But even if we say, okay, you have your morals, I have my morals, you know, does it seem right to you 
that that my money is being taken from me forcibly to promote something that I find reprehensible. Right. That's it's a, it's kind of a scary, you know, almost dystopian kind of world when you, when you look at it that way. Right. No. And I, and I appreciate that thought as well, because if you think about the, the leader that is then given that power and that right to, to take the money and do with it, what they please, then it doesn't matter what you or your neighbor, if you and your neighbor disagree on how the money should be spent, it doesn't matter anyway, right? Because it's not either of your decisions. It's been taken completely away from you. And, and it's, it's whatever they decide, you know, the leaders decide on how they want to spend it. And, and again, um, yeah, the, the idea there for me is that it just tends to grow. Like it just, it tends to, you know, well, that's, that's not enough. I, I want more to, to be doing whatever. And, and it's, that's why the taxation and that, the, the amounts that, that are given tend to just grow over time. I feel like that because of the behavior it, uh, it promotes and the idea that it promotes of, I don't know, we need more, you know, let's take yeah, more. And, it, and, I, and I think it's the, the only thing that really keeps it in check is the people, right? I mean, at a certain point, the people aren't going to stand for it anymore. And so I think that 50% tax that, that the Lamanites were, were laying, um, that didn't, I don't, I can't remember how many years that lasted off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, I don't think that one lasted that, that lasted super long that, that might be uh, less sustainable, you know, so you have, you know, political leaders have to kind of find that balance of like, what can we get away with right. without really making people <laughs> mad? You know, they're not happy about it. I mean, nobody, I guess I shouldn't say that there are probably some interesting people out there that, that are just so happy to pay their taxes, but you know, most people you talk to, Nobody likes paying taxes, but they kind of maybe feel like, well, it's kind of a necessary thing, even though I don't love it or, or whatever. But um, so they're kind of in that mode where they're just unhappy enough about it, but not so much that they're going to, you know, revolt against their government or something. So that seems to be the only thing that keeps it in check. But maybe if we look at it a little bit more from that angle of what is my tax money supporting and is it supporting things that I find to be morally reprehensible and is it enough that I can go to the polls every couple of years and try to vote away those laws or vote people in that will change those laws? Or should I be able to decide where my money goes, period? You know, right. Is, should, should where my money goes be up to a vote? Uh, you know, that, I think that's a, that's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. No. Yeah. And a, and a great way to, uh, to, to correlate it with uh, our time now. So Oh, and just real quick, before yeah. we move from this scripture, there were two more verses in here. Just again, talking about what he's doing with this money. Um, uh, so this is back in Mosiah 11, um, verses 8 and 9. And it came to pass that King Noah built many elegant and spacious buildings and ornamented them with fine work of wood and all manner of precious things of gold and of silver and of iron and of brass and of ziff and of copper. And he also built him a spacious palace and throne in the midst thereof, all of which was of fine wood and ornamented with gold and silver and with precious things. So, you know, somebody living in a nice palace is not morally reprehensible per se, but uh, when it's built with money that he, you know, took forcibly from his people, that, that doesn't sound so good. But I think that's another interesting parallel that you can easily see today. You know, you look at all the all the big, uh, I guess, uh, highly ornamented, expensive, fancy buildings in our society. You know, how many of those are government buildings, right? You yeah. look at the White House, you look at you look at um, some of the, you know, the parliament buildings in some of the European countries. I mean, they, 
there is so much money being dumped into just creating elegant, grand buildings to kind of, you know, I, th- I think it's it's uh, to kind of build up, the, you know, the the majesty of the of the leaders and the government and and to, to kind of help portray this idea that they, um, you know, um, yeah, just that it, it's awe inspiring, right? And right. and so I think there's some psychological aspects to it that that are interesting to think about. But but yeah, I mean, just that you know, why should that money? Could that money have been spent better? Right? Is is would there have been a better use for that money than building Noah a big spacious palace with all kinds of you know fine things in it? And and again, he's not laboring to support himself at all. You know, the the people probably deserve to live in that palace more than he does. Right. 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 So yeah, it actually this <laughs> this actually brings back to my uh, to uh, it reminds me of a, a video I watched somebody had put together um, talking about the free market and you know taxation and how how evil it is but they they put it in like star wars terms it was hilarious they went through all this stuff where um anyways they <laughs> they have they have a stormtrooper stand there and, and behind him you can see the the star destroyer and he's like you know he's like what get rid of taxation? how are we going to pay for something like that without taxation and it, it was anyways it was really funny just just a i can think it kind of drives home that point right my money goes towards something that's blowing up i don't know Oh yeah, yeah. You know, planets. I it just, anyways. It's yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and again, the the perfect parallel is, you know, how how are we going to pay for enough nukes to to nuke the entire world, you know, multiple times or whatever that statistic is, right? Yeah. Have you heard that <laughs> that we have a, that our nuclear arsenal like could essentially obliterate the entire world several times over? You know, I mean, you know, well, we got to be sure. You know, how we? Yeah, yeah, the only way to be sure: nuke it from orbit. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, how, how are we going to pay for something like that without taxes? Well, the answer is we probably wouldn't. Right. And <laughs> that would probably be a good thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Awesome. What's your uh, next example? Let's see here. Um, okay. This is, so this is King Noah again. And, and this will be good when we contrast it with some of the uh, other uh, righteous leaders that I, that I want to talk about too. Um, so this is when the Lamanites are coming to attack the people, um, the Nephites that are under under King Noah. Um, and uh, this is what it says uh, about Noah at the time. Uh, this is in uh, Mosiah 19, starting in verse 8. And now the king was not so much concerned about his people as he was his own life. Nevertheless, Gideon did spare his life. So he... so. I guess the backstory there, Gideon um, is mad at the king for, for various reasons, um, probably good ones. Um, <laughs> and uh, he is uh, trying to kill the king. and um, But he ends up sparing the king's life. And then this is what the king does after his life has just been you know graciously spared by Gideon. Uh, and the king commanded that his people should flee before the Lamanites. And he himself did go before them. And and, uh, and this will become important later, but notice he he's out in front when they're running away, but right. uh, <laughs> he may not be out in front if they were going toward danger, right? right. <laughs> um, but he he went before them, did flee into the wilderness with their women and their children, and it came to pass that the Lamanites did pursue them and did overtake them and began to slay them. Now it came to pass that the king commanded them that they should leave their wives and children and flee before the Lamanites. So. Um, Again, he doesn't. He doesn't care about the people. He doesn't care about the 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 wives and the children um, of these of these men that, that are fleeing with him. You know, he probably wants them to flee with him so that they can protect him later. You know, uh, just just really really 
not a not a good guy. So it'll be interesting uh, as we compare that with some of the some of the more righteous leaders um, that I wanted to talk about. So. Yeah, no, and I and I I appreciate that, and I um, I guess the one thing I would bring up there because um, this is something I, I actually wanted to talk about is is that the idea of um, you know in most cases back in the day even or whatever um, you know the leader is the one literally leading them if there's a war they're leading them into war um they're the they're the ones at the front um you know they're the ones that are supposed to be in that campaign we we hear about i've heard about this as well in in um uh when talking about david in the in the old testament you know and and um oh yeah and one of the points that was made was that you know well look at where he was he wasn't even where he should have been that you know they were waging a war somewhere they were out you know fighting a, a um some people and he sent the army. He wasn't there. He was he was back at his castle, and, and then he ended up in a lot of um, having a lot of issues there. So, but that idea of that you know our leader is leading that fray um, and and keeping us safe is a great. Uh, if you then compare that to now, you know I I would be shocked to hear that the president of the United States, who is the commander in chief, is he is the one running the you know the military when it, in times of war. I would be shocked to hear he, that he was out in it, you know, that he apparently is more important than any other life out there. So we got to keep him safe, clear back here, and we'll, we'll send the army out. And it, that, that to me just, I don't know, it's, it's a great contrast in my mind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I have, uh, I wanted to get into uh, Alma actually a little bit too, where, where it talks about uh, that. Um, I just get, get, get to that right now, actually, if I can find it. Um, yeah, let me see if I can find it without taking forever. <laughs> um, yeah, because he he ends up fighting when he's he's the first um, chief judge, right? So this is Alma the Younger, right? Yep. Uh, this would be Alma the Elder, I think. Yes. Yeah, I think it'd be Alma the Elder. I don't. I can't find the. I can't find the the quote right now, but. Um, uh, yeah, it talks about how uh, when they're going out to going out to battle, he was literally leading the army to battle. This is their, you know, this is their chief judge. This is essentially their their highest political office that they had at the time, and um, yet that that chief judge um, and and also leader of the church was out in the front of the army, you know, leading leading them to battle. And uh, just, yeah, huge contrast between, you know, King Noah running away, King David sending out the armies and staying back himself. Um, Amalekiah is another, another one that I wanted to talk about. Same thing there. He's, he's like, eh, yeah, you guys go fight for me. I want the power and the glory, but I don't really want to risk my life for it. Right. Um, so, yeah, d- huge contrast there. Yeah, no, and, 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 and. I would say this as well, though, um, you know, in Malachi's case as well, uh, for sure. We've actually just been reading that um, as a family, and it's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, so he gains um, control over the, the Lamanites, and he's, now he's made king. And the first thing he wants to do is he wants to start um, fighting. Mm-hmm. And the way that he does that is then he starts to, um, <laughs> he starts to preach to his people about, you know, all the downside, you know, talking trash about the Nephites. And he stirs them up to anger against the Nephites is what it talks about. Um, so that he can get enough people angry enough that he can get them to go to war for him. And then, like you said, he sends them out. And then he's ticked 
when they come back without accomplishing his design, they, they didn't, they didn't win, you know, and, uh, that kind of thing, it, uh, it, yeah, it, for sure. For me, it, I think that that's a great sign of, uh, something, something wrong there with, with the leader. If, if he's not willing to go fight that war, I don't think he should be in charge of fighting that war. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the, I just found it, um, the, the Alma example, it's actually when they're fighting the Amlicites. So Amlicite is like, again, the perfect counterexample to Alma, but in, uh, Alma two verse 16, it describes Alma. It says now Alma being the chief judge and the governor of the people of Nephi. So chief judge and governor. So he is the highest political office that they have. Therefore, he went up with his people, yea, with his captains and chief captains, yea, at the head of his armies against the Amalekites to battle. So, um, to me, that is what that is what a real leader looks like. And it's not it's not that you know le- real leaders are born in battle or anything like that. It's not that you have to be in a war to be a good leader. But if you are in a place where you feel like you need to go to war to protect yourself and your 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 people, your land, your your liberty. Um, that's the kind of leader I would want to have in that situation is someone that would set the example of how to defend my family instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to let you do that. I'm going to stay back here. Yeah. And, and it's, I actually had an interesting thought last night that kind of occurred to me because we were, we were talking about, you know, doing the comparison between um, righteous Kings and, and unrighteous Kings. And then kind of that comparison with, with our day to day and um, thinking about our president, the president of the United States, I was actually um, recognizing last night, all of a sudden it occurred to me, if we wanted to compare the, our president of the United States to somebody in the, in the Book of Mormon, it would be Moroni, Captain Moroni, because technically our president, he, he can't declare wars. He will be in, he's the commander in chief of wars once, you know, over the, over the military, once a war has been declared by Congress, he's not one, he's not supposed to be creating laws. I mean, they do now with, you know, with uh, executive orders and all that fun stuff, but that's not how it was intended. Um, he literally was supposed to be the guy leading the army in times of war. Um, and for me, that's, that's Moroni. That's Captain Moroni. That Pahoran was, was the actual chief judge making laws and, and, and that kind of thing. But um, it talks about Moroni give, being given all the governance over, over the war. And he was out there in the fray and the, 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 what came to me first off Moroni was was awesome um but second off Moroni had a very very because he's out there in the middle of it he had a very um strong motivation to get this war done with (laughs) to end this war let's right let's let's win let's let's turn to the lord for sure and he 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 talks to them about that and his biggest fears came because the people were were not uh, following what uh, the lord commanded but at the same time, like he had a very, because he was out there in the middle of it, he had a very strong motivation for this thing to be done, for it, for it to be all over. And that, I think that is something that we, we completely miss right now, um, with, uh, in our own, in, in our own state of affairs with the, with our own government. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, kind of getting back to what I was talking about earlier on, you know, that, you know, maybe, maybe. Maybe people think that, you know, times are different today and it calls for different types of leadership. And and I'm not going to say that that's totally untrue either, but um, 
Yeah, it's it seems like such a stark such a stark contrast um, between these leaders, and of course, we've been told that that the that the Book of Mormon is one of the most important um, you know things for our day, and that we should liken it to ourselves, and that it is very relevant to us today. And so, I think you know our leaders, we should expect our leaders to be more like the righteous leaders in the in the Book of Mormon than than the wicked ones for sure, right. and. Um, uh, getting back to the uh, Amalekiah thing that we were talking about a little bit, I, I wanted to read a little bit of it. Um, you kind of gave us the overview of it. Verse, uh, verse 10 of Alma 49, uh, starting there, it says, Now, if, if King Amalekiah had come down out of the land of Nephi at the head of his army, perhaps he would have caused the Lamanites to attack the Nephites at the city of Ammonihah. For behold, he did not care for the blood of his people. But behold, Amalekiah did not come down himself to battle. So, you know, you kind of gave us the overview of that. But just, again, stark contrast. Amalekiah did not come down himself to battle, whereas the chief uh, chief judge and governor, Al- Alma, you know, was at the head of his army going, going down to battle. So, um, yeah, big, big contrast there. Um, and uh, I, I guess the other thing I was I was going to mention was that, you know, uh, you know, you, our current president is Trump. Um, I think a lot of people don't expect the president to be literally at the head of the army, you know, leading them into battle. Um, of course, you know, uh, back then, maybe maybe uh, in, in the wars that we're talking about in the Book of Mormon, it was a lot more of like a grassroots campaign, right? It was like a, uh, the Lamanites are upon us, like in our land, like we got to defend ourselves right now. Like th- these weren't like, uh, it's not like there was like a dedicated standing army and then there was the other normal people over here and the army went out to fight the battles and the rest of the people just kind of stayed back. It was like, no, like if you want your home to survive this, you're, you know, you need to, you probably need to come fight with us. You know, everyone was, was fighting to defend themselves. And now we've got this kind of separation of responsibility where, you know, the president, you know, kind of, you know, plays with his dashboards or whatever. And the, the, <laughs> the you know, the Marines and the, and the mili- other military folks are actually out getting killed and fighting these battles. You know, a bunch of other people are just, just home. And, um, I think honestly, more than the difference in the weaponry or or different things about the times, I think really the bigger difference um, between the 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 wars back then and the wars now, uh, at least the righteous wars that were being fought that are talked about in the Book of Mormon, is the the motivation for fighting the war, and and essentially comes down to the the wars that the righteous were fighting in the book of Mormon were defensive in nature. They were defending against an aggressive, aggressive bloodthirsty enemy. Whereas the wars that we are seeing today and for the last, you know, several decades at least are not that way. These, these are, these are offensive campaigns that were, that were um, off, you know, around the world uh, picking fights with people. And, um, you know, so so that's I think really more the reason why why it's so different is it's is the reason that we're fighting these wars is is very different. And I and that's a great great point. And I was just thinking about you know if you were to compare, um, and you know if if you take account of where we are and what how things are going in our um, society um, with America and with our government, um, it's interesting to look at you know who 
in the Book of Mormon, the aggressor was was uh, in all the wars that I see in in the Book of Mormon that that are that were recounted, um, the, it was the Lamanites that were the aggressors, right? And for the most part, the king of the Lamanites wasn't with them. Amalekiah was at one point; he ended up dying as well. Um, but but that's the thing is like the king of the Lamanites didn't necessarily come with them most of the time, but he did send an army to try to conquer um, the Nephites, and and it, so right. it was a, it was an aggressive war. The king wasn't as in, as he obviously didn't care as much about other people's lives as as he did about his own, and that that comparison to me, I, I feel like if we were to compare, our you know is our government the Lamanite leadership or is it the Nephite leadership? And like you said, I I have to come to the conclusion there with with our aggressive wars that that we're kind of falling more in line with the Lamanite side, right? Yeah, I mean, and it makes sense, right? If you're fighting these more offensive minded campaigns or you know um the these campaigns where you're not actually like defending your homeland you're not actually there's not you know an attack an imminent attack on your people and you are literally defending that right now in the moment um it makes sense that you would have to have a separate standing army to carry out those kinds of campaigns right because you can't have all the normal citizens of your country fighting offensive campaigns around the world all the time, you wouldn't get anything actually productive done, right? So you have to have people staying home, being productive, actually, you know, farming and making stuff to support these standing armies going out around the world um, on these offensive campaigns. And, but, you know, again, back then, they weren't, they weren't stretching themselves so thin where they were trying to, you know, push their armies all around the map and, and take, and, you know, try to take over all this different territory. They were fighting when the, when the Lamanites were literally upon them and slaying them in their fields, you know, that's when they were going to war. And at that point, you know, every able-bodied man probably was, was, you know, was, was jumping in, jumping in and helping because including the leader, because, now the leader has skin in the game, right? Now the right. leader is like, well, this is my home too. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but Trump, Trump has no skin in the game in these, in these wars, right? It's not, it's not his life that's, that's being put on the line. So it, you just treat, you treat these different kinds of wars a lot differently. Um, and, you know, again, if, if we were sticking with truly defensive wars in, in the vein of the righteous Nephites in the Book of Mormon, I, I think the need for a standing army would, would essentially go away. I think that the need for, you know, people that are trained in war and only in war and, you know, like a standing army is, um, would, would not really be there. And, yeah. and it would be, it would be, you know, we would rise to the occasion when wars are needed, when, when, when we need to defend ourselves and otherwise we would go back to our, you know, normal day-to-day professions. Yeah, no. And that's a great point. Um, and I'm, I'm just looking to the clock and I, I think that we're running right up to, to our time. We're actually a little bit over, but um, I, I think these are all great points. And I, I, I um, yeah, I'm grateful that you, uh, that you brought these all out. And, and <laughs> funny thing is, is we haven't even hit, you hit on some that I, that I was thinking of and, and you had more as well. I've got more examples just from the Book of Mormon and, and, um, and uh, yeah, I, I would love to maybe talk about this uh, at greater length in the future or. Um, I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, for yeah, now, there's so much. And, and I, and I obviously 
talk too much anyway. So, uh, yeah, I agree. We should uh, maybe leave it off here and, and pick up the topic <laughs> again. But, you know, the, there's there are also, of course, a, a lot of other topics we could get into too. So we'll we'll see what we're what we're feeling next episode. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, um, yes, I think that's a great idea. Um, but yeah, thanks for. Thanks for joining me again today, Daryl. Um, we'll leave it off there, and I don't know. We'll uh, we'll think of what what else we want to talk about next. But for now, we'll uh, I don't know. Thanks for joining us, and uh, and we'll uh, join us next time, and we'll um, we'll continue the conversation. Thanks, everybody. Did I mess it up? A little bit, but it's okay.